Well, that didn't last long. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. As you can tell right now, I'm not recording where I normally record because I had all sorts of technical issues. So I am recording, say it with me, in my classroom. And I'm going to be taking you to school as we're going to be talking about, well, let's face it, a really disappointing showing in the wild card series, there are four fan bases who are thrilled, four fan bases who are despondent, and that would make 22 fan bases that went, oh, come on. Swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks. You can win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code Locked On. You'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms for use for details. Currently operational over 30 states. Easy for you to say. Check out Sleeper today. Uh, follow us at Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram. I am your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Pencils down. I'm in my classroom. This is where I normally teach, but I'm in my free period today. And I there was technical issues. And eventually I said, well, there's really not much to talk about. So I went to bed. And I also dropped four podcasts the day before. So if you're going to get on me for not you know, giving you content, um, uh, I think, uh, you know, catch up on the other ones, but don't pay too much attention to the people talking about the Marlins or the Rays or the Blue Jays or who's, who's the other, um, the Marlins, Rays, Blue Jays this is how unmemorable it was. Uh, no, the Brewers. Thank you. The, 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 the two BRs in there got in my head. Um, this was a dud. And in fact, I'll say it. We went into a phenomenal ending of the 2023 season. And the last Sunday of the season is always a lot of fun because, you know, if there's, there's certain matchups, you don't know, is this team winning, that team winning? What it was in 2021 where there was all these teams colliding and, you know, are the Yankees going to make it, the Red Sox going to make it, the, all these, you know, could the Mariners, all these different possibilities were happening. And this year, all the teams were clinched. So all the teams started at the same time. It was fun, but it was also and, and of course the death of Tim Wakefield put a damper on some of the excitement, at least for me, and I know for a lot of other fans. But there was also a sense of yeah, that wasn't as cool as it could have been. Well, at least we got the wild card series, right? Well, nobody told you know, we we went through the games, first games the other day. Uh the the Rays in front of look at. I don't get on the race for the attendance problems that they've had. It is alarming you don't draw 20,000 to a playoff game. I don't care what time it's being played. It's because, I'm told over and over again, it's because the stadium's in the wrong place. So naturally, they want to build a stadium in the same place. Someone explain that to me and use small words. But don't worry. We don't have to worry about those stories anymore because the Rays, they scored a garbage time run at the end. They looked terrible. And by the way, I got a couple of people saying, why am I giving so much hate to the Rangers? Because I thought the Rangers were going to be two and out. Uh, I'll say it. 
I was wrong. I was 100% wrong about the Rangers. Okay. The Rangers looked prepared. The Rangers got great pitching, especially from Nathan Eovaldi the other day. They got timely hitting. Uh, you know, Josh Young the other day uh, went three for four. Um, Evan Carter, who's been, if there was a wild card series MVP, he would have been that for the Rangers. Um, but the, you know, save for Isaac Paredes and, uh, Isaac Paredes, I'm sorry, and uh, um, Randy Arozarena, nobody showed up on the Rays. They looked dead from the neck up. And I'm a Kevin Cash fan, except for, you know, when he pulled, uh, yeah, except for when he pulled uh uh what's his name? You know him, you know what I'm talking about. When he when he pulled uh I can't think of it, Blake Snell from the game of his life. Other than that, I think he's been a really good manager. But you know, Bruce Bochy was great. But here's the deal: we are at a these that series was over so fast that it's hard to tell were the Rangers just so much better than we were thinking, or did the Rangers just not show up? And by the way, I could take that same analysis, remove, take white out. Thank you, Mike Desmond's mom, and white out Rays Rangers and put in Marlins Phillies, put in Brewers Diamondbacks, put in uh, the uh, Blue Jays and the Twins. All the series were over so fast that it, it was difficult to tell was a team just super prepared and better than we think they are? Or was the other team sleepwalking? The Rays look like they were sleepwalking, but you got to give credit where credit is due and Bochy and company, they did the job. So we're going to find out. They're going to play Baltimore in what seems like a week and a half. And I'll get to some of the suggestions that I'm going to make to make this whole thing work a lot better than this because this was this was a flop. This was the flash. Okay, this was a flop. Um, you go over to the Twins. Remember, there was actually people talking about how, you know what, the Blue Jays lost those couple of games, and that means they fell to the last wild card spot, but they're actually going to be happy they had that because they'll be playing the Twins. And <laughs> We all know how bad the Twins are, don't we? We know that they haven't won since yakety-yak, don't talk back. Well, guess what? The players, are, and this is a hard concept to understand, the players on the 2023 Twins have nothing to do with the players on the 2004 Twins. Those are two different teams. And this team had Carlos Correa, who got big hits the other day and also made a couple of very good defensive plays and made a big go-to-Rino over the great Vladimir Guerrero Jr. That's a bell. That's nothing to do with my class. I am doing this at school. I'm taking it to the class right now. So the twins, Polanco, Correa, Sonny Gray, all them. Two and out. Bye goes the Blue Jays. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the fact that the Blue Jays being a two and out team on the road in the wildcard team is completely inexcusable. So is in the middle of a rally having your MVP candidate getting picked off. The Blue Jays looked awful. The Twins looked good, which was the real reason the series turned out to be such an easy victory for the Minnesota Twins. We will find out that Carlos Correa is going to play his old mates in Houston. 
And Houston fans are going to continue saying things like, why do people not like us? They don't. 29 fan bases hate your guts. That's just a fact. And will remain so. And if you don't understand that, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. Embrace being the villain. Carlos Correa did. When Carlos Correa's final year with the Astros, a year, by the way, the last two years, I rooted for the Astros in the World Series. Before anyone says, you just hate the Astros with the passion of a thousand sons. I rooted for them in the last two World Series. So, no. But Correa, uh, Correa embraced being the bad guy. Kind of wore it well. Um, the Marlins looked overmatched. I was stunned how overmatched the Marlins looked. I mean, they really, I mean, I was listening to the Marlins broadcast of the 7-1 whooping. And you know what was 7-1 and it never felt that close? After Stott's Grand Slam, it was like, oh, this is over. This is done. And it was a wonderful year for Miami. It really was. I didn't, you know, I didn't think they were going to go, this is not going to be 97 all over again. They have a nice foundation going forward. But holy cow, they looked overmatched, especially in the finale where the announcers by the seventh inning were talking about, well, you know what? Grounds crew in Miami are just, they're the best. They're the best. We're going to miss them. They were saying their goodbyes before the seventh inning stretch. So the defending National League champions, the Phillies, with Nola, with Riamuto, with Schwarber, Trey Turner's hitting the ball well. Obviously, Bryce Harper can turn a team on left and right. They look really impressive. Did I mention they look really impressive? And they're going to be doing, uh, you know, they're moving on to the division series in the second time in as many years. Wait, which team? Do they play Los Angeles? I think they play the Braves next. I can't remember. But uh, were the Phillies the defending National League champions? Did they just, were they just that good? Or were the Marlins just overwhelmed? Um, the only team that lost, that really put up a fight, because the Blue Jays didn't put up a fight, the Rays didn't realize those games counted, and the Marlins were playing the whole, hey, no one expects us to be here card, and they didn't expect you to be here and you didn't show up. Um, but the Brewers actually took leads in the two games, and they were rallying in the ninth inning. But even they fell short. Alec Thomas did the job not only with his bat, but with the glove. Corbin Carroll shows why he is one of the most exciting young players in baseball. And so here we go. You know, the Brewers are a team that I felt could be dangerous because of their pitching staff. But there we go. The It was uh, not good. Not a good showing. Uh, the, the final day of the season was a bit of a letdown. And uh, these series were just... I mean, I love baseball, but which what's the classic moment we've had so far? Probably Vlad Jr. getting picked off. That's probably the biggest moment. Or the stock grand slam because it put it away. I have some ideas. I always have ideas, but I have some ideas of maybe ways to, I don't know, make this a little bit better. You know what's time to do? It's time to talk about our friends over at where? At Sleeper. Now look at the baseball playoffs are here and the division series is going to be in just a few days. And the clock is ticking on your chance to get 100 times your cash 
on daily fantasy baseball. It's been, look, at we're going to have some great series coming up, and you got great players. Corbin Carroll is playing great right now. Mookie Betts is going to be back. I'm going to have more bells ringing in the background. Freddie Freeman, Ronald Acuna Jr., they're all there. Pick more or less on stats like home runs, hits, strikeouts, and more for a 100-time payout on Sleeper. Get your picks right, and you can win big. So use promo code Locked On. You'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Sleeper. You know what it is? It's time to win big. All right, now bear with me for a second. I might be insane. I could probably end the sentence right there. By the way, welcome to the uh, Locked On MLB Studios uh, auxiliary studio in a high school. I know this is not normally the background I'd love to have on your podcast, but what are you going to do? Hey, um, here's a problem I have with how the wildcard series is set up. I was fine with a one-game playoff. I don't understand why people don't like the one-game playoff. Else. But I, I get that they wanted to have it be a series. And a best of three is really the only way to do it because you can't have a team sitting around for an entire week, although we're, we're basically going to have that. But here's part of the problem. the uh, You have the season supposedly ending with a wild frenzy of all the teams starting at the same time. But this year, it kind of, it kind of flopped. You know, there were all the teams were basically they had already – uh, they'd already clinched. So there was not a lot of suspense going on in that final Sunday. Then we have Monday off. Now, I understand Monday was essential to be off in case there needed to be a makeup game, if they need to make up that game between Miami and New York. Okay. But but then you have the three days, three days in a row. Only it's two days in a row because there's no there's – no, not one of the series went to a third game. Last year, at least, Padres-Mets went to a third game. And then you have Friday off. And then you restart the series on Saturday. All right, the whole idea of doing the wild card series is to have it be something that makes you – rewards the teams who are the it, – it's supposed to reward the teams with the best record. It doesn't necessarily do that. Because if the two best teams are in the same division, and in the American League, the two best teams in terms of win-loss record were Baltimore and Tampa Bay. But because Baltimore and Tampa Bay are in the same division, then Baltimore gets to take some time off, and Tampa Bay forgot to show up to the wildcard series. Um, I think we should – I've said it before. I think we should do away – if we're going to keep it American League, National League, and play a balanced schedule – and set up the playoffs like this, then let's eliminate divisions and just have it be the American League and the National League, and you see them accordingly. I digress. I think you take away the Monday and the Friday days off. If you need to use them, then you can push the schedule around the same way you would if there was a rain out. If the, if the skies opened up and the game in Minnesota or Philadelphia needed to be, and I picked those two because the other two are under domes, um, you know, Philadelphia and uh, Minnesota had bad weather. You would have to push the games back because of the rain out, right? Well, what then? Just schedule the games on Monday. If you have to play another game, then you push it the same way you would if it was a rain out. But under the ideal circumstance, 
you have Sunday being a wild frenzy. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, you play the wild card series. And on Thursday, you start the division series. But Sully, that wouldn't be fair. They wouldn't have a travel day. Yeah, that gives you the motivation to get out of that series. You, you the no travel day. I've seen teams crisscross the country with no travel days. I remember the the what was it the Angels in two thousand five because of rainouts and everything played in three straight days: one game in New York, one game in Anaheim, and one game in Chicago. Is it ideal? No, but that's the point. You want to avoid it. So I, I don't. I want to set up a situation where you also don't have tons of downtime. We are going to have no game on Thursday. We are going to have no game on Friday. We had a dud on Sunday, no game on Monday, two days of really not competitive baseball, two more days off, and then start the division series? There's no momentum in that for an everyday sport. And we saw last year there was something about having all those days off made a couple of teams a little rusty. Now, there's a little bit of, you know, you can show so much uh, on that claim because two of the teams with a better record moved on and two of the teams didn't. The Braves and the and the uh, Dodgers were eliminated. The Yankees and the Astros moved on. Remember, the Yankees were very good last year. But I am for anything that builds momentum and does not have a lot of free time. And that's the main thing we're doing. I had to pause the recording there for a second. Uh, I'm for anything that t- takes away any of the uh, downtime in the postseason. We need to build momentum. We need to build a sense of excitement. And you can't do that. Baseball can't have days, extra long days off. Think about this. I mean, it's not by design, but we're going to have, what, five days where there's only two games, two days where we're going to see any games being played? I know it was designed for three, but even that's kind of low. And this possibility was there. So I had another idea. This is complete, complete banana boats. This is completely banana boats. And by that, I mean it's a little crazy. But bear with me. Bear with me. What if we have the wild card series? Instead of one team having home field advantage the whole way, we have it at one neutral site. All the teams show up, and when one game ends, the next game comes in. They play at the Louisiana Superdome or someplace like that. They play at Omaha where they play the, uh, the, the College World Series. That's a possibility. But I do think, I mean, that came to me a couple of times. But the main thing I think is that like all the games on Sunday being played at the same time, all of the wild card series games should be played at the same time. Play it at prime time. All the games played at prime time. Flip back and forth and back and forth. I think, and you could be able to see all of them because we're, unlike when they did it in 1995, we have the technology to watch all the games. These are things to think about, but I'm for anything that will cut down 
on the downtime between days. And it took not a whole hell of a lot of imagination to see the possibility was there for a ton of downtime this year. Hey, let's talk a little bit about our friends at Bunches. Bunches is a new social network built for sports fans. No politics, no doom and gloom, unless, of course, you are a Rays fan or Brewers fan or uh, who are the other two? The Blue Jays fan or a Marlins fan. Oh, there's no doom and gloom with Marlins. Just sports. They've recently released a new scoreboard feature that lets you check live scores in the app and chat about live games as they happen. You chat all about Major League Baseball and join the Lockdown Bunch by clicking the link in the show notes description to the app. Or go to the App Store and download Bunches now. Download the Bunches app today, and when you do, our friends at Bunches will feature the Lockdown MLB Bunch in the Discover tab. Click on the link in the description notes to join the Lockdown MLB Bunch community today. So we got news that Phil Nevin is going to be gone from the Angels as their manager. Um, then uh, Terry Francona retired as the manager of the Cleveland Guardians. Buck Showalter resigned from the manager of the Mets. Um, we know that the Giants need a new manager. Um, and we also know that, uh, you know, we don't know yet about the Red Sox. But we do know that they're going to have a new general manager. And a lot of times when a general manager comes in, you know, they like to, and it's kind of weird, they like to pick their own manager because they're doing, you know, you're bringing a new person to do the job. Yeah, that's, you want to have your own guy doing that. Um, and, uh, you know, I've, there's a couple of names that keep popping around. I, I again get your drinks up. I'll never understand why Bruce Bochy's lieutenants never get a shot. I don't know what they'd have to do to get a shot, but th there you go. But um, there's one other name that needs to be thrown on that pile. Back in spring, one of my most listened to episodes was one where I called for the Blue Jays to fire John Schneider. I have nothing against John Schneider, I have nothing against him at all. You know, he's a baseball lifer. Uh, he was in the minor leagues for a while as a player. Uh, he worked his way up as a coach, became the manager of the Blue Jays when they fired Charlie Montoyo. Uh, he was an interim manager, and they made the playoffs last year, and they got absolutely humiliated by the, by the Mariners when the Blue Jays ran up a huge score and then collapsed in that epic collapse that eliminated them last year. And I remember thinking... After that collapse, I thought, like, okay, you had Schneider in as your interim manager. You made the playoffs, but you, know, you fell apart. They're going to bring in a, a full-time manager. And they didn't. And I took a look at Schneider as a manager. And I was calling at one point when the Blue Jays were really not doing well. Um, and remember, they had a terrible May. They had a terrible May. And they were a, they were a, they were you know, basically hovering around 500 for a big chunk of the year. And they wound up having, you know, a very good September. They had a good June. You know, they, they were okay the rest of the year. You know, the second half, they were, you know, the first half, they 
you know, after the bad May, they righted the ship and they had a mediocre second half of the year. And I remember thinking, I, I don't get why he's still the manager because they have a team that is filled with potential Cy Young candidates. They had one of the deepest starting pitching staffs in baseball with Barrios and Bassett and Gossman and Kikuchi, you know, and this is including the fact that they didn't have Alec Manoa for most of the year. Jordan Romano was a very good closer. They had some depth in that bullpen. Um, uh, Tim Aza was, was good as well. Um, they had Bowden Francis pitched well for them out of the bullpen. You know, Jay Jackson pitched well for them out of the bullpen for a little bit. Um, and they were, they had some depth on the team and obviously they had a team that included the likes of Vlad Jr. It had, uh, you know, Matt Chapman, Dalton Varsho, George Springer. Now, none of them had their best seasons, but they were all still productive. They were all still players who could play up and down the lineup. They have a productive lineup, a deep pitching staff, and they went stumbling into the postseason. And, of course, some people say, well, I bet they're glad they got the Twins. And they just looked dead. But beyond just dead, I do not know who made the decision to make the pitching change in yesterday's game. I do not. I want to dispel all rumors that I had anything to do with that. But the fact of the matter is Jose Barrios faced one batter in the fourth inning. One. He had thrown 47 pitches, and they took him out. And in came Kikuchi. And that was the inning where that one runner came around to score, and they got the two runs, and that's all that they needed. Did that come from the front office? Did that come from him? I don't know the answer. But if I were Blue Jays fans, I would be absolutely furious that they're pulling all sorts of, well, we're, we've looked at this and done this and filled this. In an elimination game, that they're playing games, they're playing Battleship with the starting pitching staff right on the time that caused the only rally in the entire game. The Blue Jays scored one run, not on game two, one run total. The entire series, the two games, they were held to a single run. If Alejandro Kirk did not hit a solo home run in the sixth inning, they would have been shut out the entire series. And yes, I made the acknowledgement that the Twins are a better team than I think some people gave them credit for, but are they shut down one of the best teams in baseball or what should be? You looked at the final few weeks of the season, and I listed off all those stars on the team. And they all didn't have their best season, but they were starting to click. And you saw that, like, all right, they one of the best stats that they have for the entire year, but they were working together, starting to hit. They could hit and they could pitch, which is the reason when they fell down to the final wildcard spot, people were like, don't worry about it. You'd rather they didn't face the Rays because they're a 90-some-odd win team. The Twins are barely in it. You know, they're in it only because they're in the Central. Now, as I said before, two games is not enough to tell whether or not the Twins are better than they thought they are or the Blue Jays just came in looking dead. But they got one run. By the way, I make it clear, having Michael Kay, Michael Kay did a really good job. It was weird hearing him call a game that wasn't a Yankee game, but he did a good job. The Blue Jays need a manager and an experienced manager. I, I would say Buck Showalter wouldn't be a horrible decision. 
I, how did Joe Madden get to be so dumb? Mike Schilt was a manager of the year in 2019. Give him a call. Hell, Don Mattingly was a manager of the year in 2020, the COVID year. I've never been a big fan of Don Mattingly as a manager. I've made that very clear. But, I, I, I mean, you got to do something. You got to say, hey, we have a combination of terrific pitching and all-stars in our lineup. And the best we can do is weasel our way into the wild card series. And don't tell me it's because, well, we can't compete with the Red Sox and the Yankees. Neither one of them made the playoffs this year. And, yeah, the Rays got off to a great start. But did you notice the Orioles were the team that won the division? Now, I don't know the answers. I mean, there's There have been instances where managers have had wonderful careers and have had a hiccup in the middle of it. Dick Williams led the Red Sox to the World Series in 1967, had the A's win back-to-back World Series under his leadership in 72 and 73, went to the Angels, flopped with the Angels, then took over the Expos, turned them into a playoff team, went to the Padres and took them to the World Series. So that Angels blip in the middle of his career was quickly looked over. Jim Leland took the Pirates to three straight NLCSs, nearly back-to-back World Series. Then he went to the Miami Marlins. They are called the Florida Marlins back then. They won the World Series with him as the manager. Then he went to Colorado. Things didn't work out in Colorado. Took a few years off, came back, immediately turned around the Tigers. It took him to the World Series his first year there. The, the first half of the 2010s, the Tigers were one of the best teams in baseball. His final year, he took him to another World Series. His final year took him to Game 6 of the ALCS. But he had that time with the Rockies, which was not so great. Maybe that's Joe Madden's angel time. Maybe going to that completely dysfunctional organization, there's no way to win. You give this team to a manager like Joe Madden, who before everyone criticized him, everyone was singing his praises when he took the Rays to the World Series and won a World Series with the Cubs. He didn't suddenly get dumb. Buck Showalter was manager of the year. You have to go all the way back to, what was it? Uh, oh, yeah, 2022, which, by the way, that was the third decade that he had been manager of the year at one point for the third different franchise. And I said, Mike Schilt, manager of the year with the Cardinals, fired two years later. He's sitting around. He's part of a coach. I think he's with, is he with Atlanta's coach? He's with, he's with a coaching staff right now. I don't remember what it is off the top of my head. Oh, uh, San Diego. But come on. The Blue Jays need to have a real manager. No offense to John Schneider, but I think we have a big enough sample size to see he's not the guy for this job. And uh, and we'll see. But guess what? Tomorrow's show, you know, we've done the previews with uh, all the other uh, teams that were in the wild card round. Well, in tomorrow's show, we're going to hear from the remaining hosts of Locked On Astros, Locked On Orioles, Locked On Dodgers, and Locked On Braves, and their thoughts of the team as we go towards the division series. And then we'll have games on Saturday. That's right. Thursday and Friday, no baseball. Go figure. But we'll have podcasts, even if I have to do it from the classroom. So go to Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I am your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter. Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Go into the classroom and try to take the baseball establishment to school and hoping the Blue Jays learned a few lessons. It's been Locked On MLB for the fifth day of October 2023. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.